I have eight, seven minutes now. We really want to do ministry today. Um, really feel like as we are praying before the service uh, about this service, and last night as I was preparing for this talk, I, I did, actually did three sermons before I landed on this one. And I really feel like more than anything today, I mean, God wants to bring freedom to parents and to children, and, um, but mainly to parents. And, and what I mean by that is in our culture today, uh, there is more pressure uh, or one of the most pressured and anxiety-ridden groups in our culture are parents. And um, there's been all these studies done recently in the last few years, and there's something that just came out that's shocking I'm going to read to you in a minute. But there's this pressure that parents create for themselves that they are, uh, have this obligation and this burden to bear of raising their children and that it's up to them and that if I screw up, I'm going to screw up my kid's life. And if I, you know, don't do everything right and make a mistake or whatever, I'm going to let them down. And everyone's going to see it. And I'm going to be embarrassed. And I'm going to shame Christ. Or I'm going to do all these things. And with Christian parents, it's even worse. It's even worse because we are told that, you know, in Proverbs, raise your children in the way of the Lord and, you know, they won't turn away in their old age. And they kind of always keep walking with the Lord. And so when we see... You know, read statistics like Barna, Lifeway did this thing, these, these polls a few years ago showing that 60 to 70% of all children that are in church when they're through high school, 60 to 70% by the age 23 are gone. They're no longer in church. And so parents read statistics like that and they're like, oh, I'm going to be one of the, uh, my kid and then I'm going to feel embarrassed because my kid's, you know, doing this, that, or the other and people are going to call me a failure. I'll feel like a failure. I love my kid. I want him to follow God. And so we have all this pressure we put on us. And so church then becomes a place where we really have to fake it, right? Because we don't want anyone to know, heaven forbid, you know, that we're doing the best that we can, but it's not good enough, that we're not good parents. And so I really feel like today God wants to release you from that burden. That burden of who your child belongs to is not yours. What your child becomes is not yours. And we were praying this morning before the service, and I just had this Simple picture of God, of um, a parent teaching their child how to ride a bike. How many of you have taught your children to ride a bike? Raise your hand. A ton of you guys. I mean, I know that I taught mine, and it was a nightmare. I had, like, knee pads, elbow pads, wrist guards, helmet, eye protection on them, you know, towels wrapped around their torso. I mean, there's no way. And then they get on their bike, and they're like, Dad, I can't pedal. I can't move my legs. I'm like, just do it, son, you know, and, um, and just running after them, after them, you know, just like feeling like the whole time as I let them go, I kind of run behind them holding the seat, right, and then they're hanging, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, and kind of following them, and you're thinking, they're going to wreck it at any moment, so I can't let go, and I'm like holding on to the back of the seat, and they're like, are you, have you let go, have you let go, have you let go, dad, and you don't, if you say yes, they're like, what, wow, you know, it's like, boom, 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 boom. I mean, we've all, I mean, we've been through something. Maybe it was rollerblading or maybe it was, you know, ice skating. You know, maybe it was bungee jumping. I don't know what it was for you with your kids, what you're, you know, excited about teaching them. But in this picture I had this morning, and again, I don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to get to the main points. And this picture I had this morning, really, as we were praying about the service and what God wants to do, is, is this picture of a parent running behind their child and holding their seat and then letting the child go. And I felt like God said to me, it's your job to get them going, to let them go. But I'm the one who empowers their legs to push the pedals. I'm the one 
who's opened their eyes to see where to go. I'm the one who directs them, who gives them life. I'm the one. It's not about your parenting. It's not about let go of the seat and demonstrate that you trust me. And that's the message that God has for us today, I think. Because the more we try the, you know, to be good parents, and I'm not saying that we're not called to raise our children. We're not called to you know, teach them the Lord's commands and to bring them to the church. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, it's, in the end, it's not up to you. In the end, it's not up to you. And there's this recent study that proves it even more, and I think references and supports Scripture more than we love that Proverbs you know, 322 verse, because it's a formula. If I do this, then my kids will turn out like this. And we see the result as a, me- a way to measure whether we've been successful or not. Look at my kids. Look how awesome they are. They're doing this, that, and the other. And it brings us glory rather than God. But this recent study, all this whole talk, basically, I'd love for you to go read it. It's in uh, Christianity Today. It was a headline article this week about parenting. But this, uh, I want to read this to you. A 2008 Newsweek article it's called, But I Did Everything Right, by a woman named Sharon Begley, reported that, contrary to the opinions of decades of experts, genetics may have, more, have a more potent impact on child development than our own parenting practices. Begley summarized findings from, from the studies at the Center of Development Child at Harvard University and Burbeck University in London. And she wrote this. This is a slide. I want to read this to you. She found that the child most likely to adopt his parents' values is not the mellow, compliant child, as one would expect, but the fussy, difficult child. The fussy child is genetically wired through the presence of DNA variants to be more sensitive and attuned to her parents and surroundings. The mellow child is more like Teflon. Good parenting and even bad parenting tends not to stick. I read that, I'm like, I've been disciplining the wrong kid the whole time. (laughs) So basically, you know, Cole, Bella, you know, the kids that are running around going nutso, they're the ones that are on the money, ready to roll, baby. What, what the study is showing is that the kids, you know, that we think are doing okay are actually the ones that are going to fall away. And again, I would love for you to go read the study. I'm not saying you shouldn't parent your kids, but what I'm saying is God knows better. God wants the glory, if you really think that he trusts you that much with his children, come on, people. When we get to heaven, your child isn't going to be there being like, I'm here because Tony Draper was my dad. You know? I'm here, you know, because, you know, Tom Rossi, my dad was a teacher of the church, and I'm here because he was a good parent. No. Every one of our children, God wants to make sure that he's the one that gets the glory. And when we read scripture, we see this model. If you read chapter 11 of of, uh, Hebrews, it's called like the faith chapter of great Bible people. And it goes through this list of these people are not even worthy of being in the world. Their faith was so great. And it lists people, you know, it goes kind of down and lists different people. I'm going to get to it because I want to read this to you. But it's really interesting of these champions in the Bible And basically, it's called the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11. Provides us with a list of men and women who who through extraordinary faithfulness conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames. Believers of such immense faith, faith that, quote, the world was not worthy of them. Yet, we see in these spiritual giants jacked up parenting. On their part, but also on the part of their parents. 
Abraham sired a child with a maidservant, then agreed to banish the son to the desert. Talk about wounds. Father wounds? Hello. Isaac and Rebekah were locked in parental favoritism over Esau and Jacob. Rebekah led her son to commit the unthinkable travesty, stealing her brother's birthright. Jacob learned this lesson very well from his mother and continued on the path of deceit and later of destructive favoritism among his ten sons. Moses was given the young pagan unmarried daughter of Pharaoh as his mother. Do you think she was growing kids God's way? Probably not. Jonathan, David's closest friend, was a shining example of righteousness and purity in stark contrast with his murderous father, King Saul. And the boy, King Josiah, singularly commended as one who served the Lord, quote, with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength, was the son of Amon, a man who, quote, did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And if you just think about the quote that we read from Proverbs, who wrote Proverbs? King Solomon, right? What happened in King Solomon's life? The, the proverb, again, is teach your children the way of the Lord. You'll raise them up in the way of the Lord, and they will not turn away in their old age. What happens to Solomon, who wrote the proverb? Homeboy turns away at the end of his life. He starts to worship other idols. He does the very thing that his proverb said that he wouldn't do if he was raised under King David. What's up with that? Well, one of the things is that with that is we read that proverb and we just kind of use it for everything. But proverbs aren't truths of the Bible. They're like maxims or they're like observations that sometimes happen and sometimes don't happen. They're like good ideas. But they're not promises to us that if we do this, this will happen. And again, we wish they were because formulas make us less dependent on God and more dependent on ourselves. But we know in the end that leads to us being glorified. Us, you know, people looking at us, what good parents they have, da 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 When God wants the glory. And so the freedom that God has for all of us today is that it's not about you. It's not your children. Again, you're charged, and you need to be raising them before the Lord, praying for them, bringing them to church, teaching them God's commands. But ultimately, it's Christ in your child. It's the Holy Spirit and the work of the Spirit that will bring them to salvation. And I just feel like a lot of us, You know, we're exhausted, we're tired. We feel this pressure to be this best parent. And it's exhausting. And it's idolatry. And today, what God wants to do is bring you freedom, to bring you rest. He wants you to give your children over to him and trust them. Trust him with them. Really trust him with them. Acknowledging that there are things for you to do and that you'll do the best you can. We're all doing the best best we can, aren't we? All of us, we're doing the best we can. You know, our church, we say, is not a pleasure cruise. It's a lifeboat. When we start acting or putting on masks when we come to church or, 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 you know, pretending like things aren't jacked up in our family when we're doing the best we can, we start living that lie. We stop hearing testimonies of what God's done in our life. We stop being real with each other. And church stops being a place to come and get healed but rather a place where we come and get wounded. And I just feel like this morning, God wants to bring us freedom. He acknowledges the effort. He knows we're doing the best we can. And his promise is, Christ is the one who's accountable for your children's salvation. He has done everything that's needed for him or her to know and to love and to serve me. Do you trust me? 
Was my son's death enough for your child? Was my son's death enough for you to trust me with them? And again, part of me wants to run along behind that bike and hold on as tight as I can because I don't want to let go. I want to be in control. And so a lot of us with clenched fists have not trusted our children to God. I'm not saying this is easy, but what the Holy Spirit wants to do today is bring you freedom from that, that struggle, that control, the sense of failure and guilt that you might have. You know, some of you are like, I have no kids. Why are you telling me this? The single greatest wound that we deal with in our church are wounds that have come from parents, well-meaning parents sometimes, abusive parents other. The other group of people I really feel like I want to minister to are children who have unforgiveness issues, who are blaming their parent, who need to let go and come to Christ and say, I want to be free and I want to offer forgiveness. I want to experience your love. So there's something for everyone today. So what we're going to do is we're all going to stand now. Paul's going to come up and we're going to have some worship music. And, and you know, we know that there's a lot of visitors here today, but this is a huge element of who we are. And what we believe at River City Church is that we've worshipped God, we've proclaimed our, you know, our allegiance to him, we've heard the word in 15 minutes, we've seen dedications, a symbol of our commitment to Christ, but what good is it if we don't leave room for God to experience that reality in our life, a real true reality? And so we have prayer ministry at the end of our church, and not everyone, you don't have to participate in this, this, might be, this is definitely probably different for a lot of you if you're here as a visitor. But all we do is we just ask you to close your eyes and we invite the Holy Spirit to come and to bring freedom in this area where we've maybe struggled or we, may, we might have guilt or shame or we've been blaming ourselves for something that's happened with our child. God wants to bring you freedom today from those things. So just close your eyes. We're going to pray. And I'd love if anybody would like to come forward for a prayer. You can come forward. Our prayer ministers will be up here.